Thank you for listening to CG Life with Steve Quartz. It's my hope that today's message will help you find and live the extraordinary life Jesus gives. After listening to this podcast, I'd like to invite you to connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for more updates and resources. Well, it's great for us to be together as we begin a new series today taken from 2 Corinthians 4 entitled On the Way Home. Our goal in this series is to learn from and gather up the perspective that the Apostle Paul has of life in a hard and painful world. So I want to invite you this morning to find a Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And today we'll be looking together at verses 1 through 6. Now, before we read that, let's, let's talk a little bit about perspective. Perspective is a powerful thing. How we see drives how we live. How we see the world affects how we live in the world. Believers are meant to have a distinct perspective, one that is very different from others around them. And it is a perspective that's driven by essentially three things, by what God has done, by what God is doing, and by what God has promised to do in the future for them. What God has done, what God is doing, and what God has promised to do for them in the future. When believers keep those three things in view, it shapes their perspective. It shapes their perspective of the world. It shapes their perspective of other people. And it shapes their perspective of themselves. And the net result of that perspective is that they respond to the world with great confidence, with great boldness, even when the world is negative or threatening, unnerving, or whatever. And so believers are meant to be marked by a determination, by a strength, by a boldness, yes, by, by a hope. No one models this confidence better than the Apostle Paul. No one models uh, the determination, the boldness, the hope, like the Apostle Paul models it for us in the uh, New Testament. And no letter of the Apostle Paul's reflects his heart and, this is important, his perspective of his world, his life, and his work like the, the uh, book that we know, the letter we know as 2 Corinthians. Paul keeps before him, in particular, what God has done for him in Christ, what God is still doing in the world through Christ, and what God has promised to do for him and all believers in the future because of Christ. And for Paul, that made all the difference. And consequently, he does live with great confidence in Christ, even though, even though for him, life was absolutely filled with opposition and threats and pain and danger. My heart for us in this season is that we as a church would learn from Paul, learn from his perspective, and find and claim that same confident response that he had in our own difficult season. I want to encourage you 
And I want to help you to, to be bold. I want to help you to have hope. I want to help you to stay faithful in whatever circumstances that we find ourselves in. Yes, we stand today in a place of, of uh, hardship, but we also stand in a place of great opportunity. 2020 has already been a, an ex, a surprising year. We still have a presidential election to face in November. We have no idea what this year actually has left to bring to us, and we don't know uh, what 2021 holds. But there is a great opportunity for us in the midst of all of the hardship and confusion, the loneliness, the isolation, the separation, the division. There's a huge opportunity for you and for me to, to gather up the perspective that we're to have in Christ and to live it out with boldness and strength before our children, before our spouses, before each other as believers, and before a watching world. Uh, so I, I want you, rather than choosing somehow uh, to feel as if... Um, uh, all things are, are lost. Uh, rather than, than feeling defeated, I want you to join with me in looking long and hard at Paul's practice of keeping before him that view of what God has done in Christ, what he's doing and what he's promised to do. And, and I want you to see with me that this can make all the difference for us just as it did for Paul. Remember, remember, how we see life affects, uh, reflects uh, and affects how we respond to life. Perspective matters. So let's look closely at this passage that is our passage for the morning, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 to 6. And let me, let me set the context for you. In chapter 3, Paul has been explaining why he lives and, and works with such great hope and confidence in the present for the future. And he tells us that it's anchored in the hope that he has come to have and the confidence that he has come to have uh, in, in, in God because of what he's done in Christ. And he describes uh, this coming to faith in Christ in, in this powerful picture and he says that when a person comes to faith in Christ, it is as if God has taken a veil that covered their eyes or covered their minds and their mind's eyes and, and has lifted that veil to allow them to, to actually see the glory, the majesty, beauty, and worth of Jesus, of the salvation that he's offered, of the, the character qualities of God that he represents. That, that as God lifts that veil and gives an individual eyes to see, Paul says what happens is, having seen the glory of Christ, they respond to Christ with repentance and faith. And because this is what uh, God has done for Paul, and this is what Paul has seen God do in the lives of others, giving Paul and others a new freedom, uh, in Christ to live uh, liberated from sin and liberated from darkness because he has seen this. Paul says, I have great confidence as I live my life 
And, and as I labor for Christ, I have great confidence that what God has done for me and what I've seen him do for others, he still will go on and do for, for yet more uh, uh, individuals, more people. God gives us a new view of himself. He gives us a new life with him. He gives us a new labor or purpose, and he gives us a new destiny. And because he's done that for me and because I've seen him do that in the lives of others, I, I live with great confidence even when life is hard, even when it seems as if evil is triumphing over good because I know what God has done in Christ, what he's done for me, because I've seen what he's doing even in the present, and because I know what he's promised in the future, I have great confidence, great confidence. Now, as he moves to 2 Corinthians 4, Paul models his response to uh, life in this world in some very specific ways. Let's pick it up there, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And, and I want you to listen and watch carefully for Paul's perspective as we read. Paul says, therefore, since I have this ministry, and the ministry is that of sharing what God has done in Christ and offering this new life in Christ, this new uh, purpose in Christ, this new destiny in Christ, he says, therefore, having this ministry, which, by the way, every believer has, not just Paul as the apostle, but you and I, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, he, said, he says, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if uh, our gospel is veiled, it's veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Why do we do this? Because this is what I know, Paul says, for God, verse 6, who said, let light shine out of darkness at creation, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I love that. Satan can blind eyes, but God has the power to give those blind eyes the capacity to see. Now, what we have here is an altogether remarkable testimony. Paul says effectively, because of what God has done, because of what God is doing, because of what God has promised to do in the future, because of his great mercy, I refuse, he says, to lose. I refuse to give up. And I refuse uh, to let those things stop me. Thirdly, he says, I choose to keep seeing what God has shown me. And because he refuses to lose, he refuses to give up, and he keeps choosing to see what God has shown him, Paul is with incredible confidence, determination, hope. He lives with victory, even when it seems at times in his life that he's been utterly defeated. Let's look at each of those together. First of all, Paul says, I refuse to lose heart. We find that in verses one and two. He says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But 
we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. Instead, by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Now, if you know Paul's story to this point, you know how remarkable uh, this declaration that he makes in verses 1 and 2 is. He says, quite simply, I refuse to lose. Now, why is that remarkable? Well, because from a human perspective, Paul had every reason to declare loss. Paul describes his life and his service with Christ as one that is filled with hard labor, multiple imprisonments, countless beatings, often to the very point of death. In fact, he says in 2 Corinthians 11, five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes minus one. I was brought right to the very edge of death five times for Christ. Three times, he says, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times in the service of Christ, I was shipwrecked. A night and a day, I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from these things, there has always been on me the daily pressure of my anxiety for the well-being of all the churches. And yet, Paul says, I refuse to lose. All of these things have happened to me, and yet I refuse to lose. Now, what specifically is it that Paul says he refuses to lose? Well, I would suggest to you two things from verses 1 and 2. He refuses, of course, first to lose heart, but he refuses, secondly, to lose his integrity, even in the midst of a hardship, difficulty, pain, disappointment, all of those things that he's been experiencing. Notice with me, first of all, in verse 1b, he says, I refuse to lose heart. In, in this season of, of, of living for Christ and serving Christ, with all of its challenges, uh, Paul is saying that uh, in his life and in his commitment, and in his dedication to Christ, he refuses to become weary of this life that Christ has given him. Yes, it is sometimes a very hard life. He says, I, I refuse to be weary in the work that God has given me. I refuse to lose my passion for Christ, and I refuse to lose my passion for his cause. I'm determined, Paul is saying, that no matter what comes to me or what comes at me, I, I am going to keep faithful in my fight to advance God's kingdom in a broken world. I'm not going to let these things cause me to relax. I'm not going to let these things cause me to retreat. I'm not going to let these things cause me somehow to stop living the new life and doing the new work that, that uh, God has given me for Christ. I, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to lose. I refuse. 
And secondly, in, in verse two, Paul says he refuses to let hardship cause him to lose his integrity or to compromise. He says, even under all this pressure to cut corners or maybe to soften the message a little bit so that the persecution wasn't quite as fierce, so that the opposition to him might be uh, my back off some. He said, instead of that, he, he said, we've renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We, we've refused time and again, even under pressure, to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But rather, even under pressure, by the open statement of the truth, we've commended ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, he's saying, under all of this pressure, in the midst of all the disappointment, in the midst of all the hardship, I, I've chosen, I, I'm not going to try to help God or help God's cause. I'm not going to adjust the message of the gospel somehow to make it more palatable. I, I'm not going to compromise on my own faithfulness just because I have pressure from the outside world to be uh, uh, more accommodating to it. But what I've done is I've been faithful to declare and, and, and to affirm the great truth of what God has done in Christ and, and I've, I've paid close attention to my own life so that the, the profession of my life matches the practice of my life. And though I know Paul is saying that I, I won't be, I, I'm not now everything that I will be one day, and, and though I know that the world right now is not everything it should be, I, I'm, my faith, my confidence is anchored in Christ. I'm not going to use human methods to achieve God's purposes. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to use human methods to, to try to achieve my own purposes. But I'm going to refuse the disgraceful and, and the underhanded. I'm not going to let pressure from the outside cause me to compromise uh, my, my Christian ethics or, or morality. And, and I'm not going to practice cunning or tamper with God's word. What I want you to see is that for Paul, being in a hard place uh, brought him to a point of decision just as it does you and me. Whenever we're in hardship, whenever we're in difficulty, whenever we're under pressure, we're always forced to ask the question, what, what do I really believe? What will I really live my life for? Will I go for what is easy? Will I, will, I, will I cut corners to avoid being uncomfortable or even being in pain? Will I, will I dial back my commitment to Christ as Lord? Do I really believe that? Paul says, yeah, I know what it is to feel the pressure. But, but here's what I, I, I'm absolutely convinced of. 
When it comes to God's word and the gospel, God's truth and God's way for living and life, it's not for me to adjust it. It's for me to trust it. It's not for me to run when things get hard. It's not for me to, to follow Jesus just when it's easy. I, I'm going to, to follow him and trust him regardless of what comes to me or what comes at me. I, I will not lose my confidence in Christ. I will not adjust my integrity. Why? Well, look at verse 1. Look at the little phrase there. He says, it is because of God's mercy. And that, of course, specifically is the mercy that Paul has shown, or discovered, rather, the mercy of God that he's discovered in Jesus. You know, it's interesting to me, I think that Paul... faced all that he faced with a clear recognition that whatever he might face, beatings, lashings, being brought right to the edge of death, being imprisoned, all those things, were in the end nothing compared to what Christ had done for him. And it seems that when, when we look long and hard at this, at this cross, at what God has done in Christ, when we see that on the cross, Christ refused to lose, when we recognize that there, the reason he refused to lose was because what he would be losing if he had tried to dodge the cross would be us. And out of his love for us, he didn't relax, he didn't retreat, He didn't stop or try to avoid the work his father had given him. Because Paul recognized that. He found that even in his times of greatest stress, he couldn't, he wouldn't, he refused to give up on the Christ who had won so much for him. And you know, loved ones, um, I don't think we can do any less. Yeah, these are really hard days. I, I, I get it. I'm sick of them. I know you are. I don't like us not being able to meet together. I'm looking forward to being able to do that in just a few weeks. But these times of hardship are a great opportunity for you and for me to refuse. To refuse to lose heart. 
to refuse, to give up, retreat, to stop living the life that God has given us to live in Christ. It's an opportunity for us to refuse to give up our integrity in Christ. Yes, we, we stand in a place of hardship, but it is also one of great opportunity. My earnest prayer for our church family is that we will walk through this season and we'll together rediscover the supernatural power of God to change us, yes, and to keep changing us and shaping us and making us more like Christ, but that we will rediscover and affirm the supernatural power of God to change the direction of families and communities and nations. In a season like ours, if we think about it for very long, we recognize we have a choice. We can live as if we've already lost. We can take up and try to fight the forces of evil in our own strength. We can try to fix a broken world with our own methods. Or we can go back to that great victory that God in Christ won on the cross and at Calvary. And seeing his death there for us and remembering his resurrection, we can gather up and make a fresh commitment. We will not. We will not lose our confidence in Christ, and we will not give up our integrity in him. My heart, my prayer is that we will say, I refuse to lose heart. I refuse to lose the integrity that God calls me to in Christ. I refuse. We refuse to lose because of what Christ has won for us. Father God, uh, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know where the future is going, this immediate future. But Father, because of what you have shown us in terms of what you have done in Christ, the power that you still employ through Christ today 
and the promises that you've made us for tomorrow. How thankful, how grateful, Lord God, I am that regardless of what comes to us or what comes at us, here's the truth, the reality. Because of Christ, we can know and experience boldness and determination. And we can live through this broken world with the sure confidence that we are on our way home. That when that day comes and we are absent from this body, we will be at home with you. And that should we live till Christ comes again, we will find a home that has been prepared for us, eternal, never to be taken from us, Grant, Lord God, that this would be part of our perspective as we live through difficult times. Make us bold and confident and able to say, we refuse to lose all that Christ has done for us. For Jesus' sake, we ask it. Amen. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoy these podcasts, take a moment to rate and review CG Life with Steve Kors. My prayer is that God will continue to inspire and challenge you in Christ as week by week we apply the gospel faith to real life.